0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy.
1: And I'm Val.
0: And we are marching right through... Nicholas Cage November. Here we are on episode three of Nicolas Cage November. I can't believe it. It's gone so fast. I know. Thanksgiving is this week. This episode drops. We're already there.
1: I feel like this year went by so quickly, while as last year took four years to get like through the year. But mm-hmm. this year just I was like, wow, it's already over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When can we just have regular years that take regular <laughs> amount of time? <laughs>
0: probably never again I don't nope.
1: know okay. we screwed up the <laughs> that's been revoked <laughs> Yeah, it,
0: we, we haven't managed our time well so now we don't get to anymore so no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to
1: let you guys know I did for those of you that are watching I combed my hair today I put some nice. makeup on some jewelry but I'm still wearing stretchy pants so enough from enough? here up I'm living yeah. the 2020 life right here <laughs>
0: Yeah, down we do have to talk about what pants we're all wearing. From, from here up, we all
1: look fine. Please. At least I'm wearing pants this week. Last week, I didn't even bother. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's just, that's fair. Uh, you know, who's going to know? Who's going to well, know? I've been thinking about
1: that crunch wrap last week, by the way. I have not been able to get the breakfast crunch wrap, and I feel like I'm not going to get it again today. <laughs> because by the no, time we get done doing this, breakfast will be over.
0: Yeah. <sighs> it, it'll be too late. Maybe you can yeah. do the
1: Sunday brunch wrap.
0: Sunday brunch wrap?
1: Ooh, make it sound fancier yeah. than it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. Bring it We're home, Sunday. put it
1: on a plate, make a mimosa. That's exactly what I was mean going to just say. Yes, flat. yes,
2: absolutely. Get that put it in the china.
0: They, they sell a Mountain Dew orange flavored kickstart drink at Taco Bell. So you could get that to make your mimosa. And then you've got a whole Taco Bell brunch going on.
1: Oh, you guys don't ever want to see me on Mountain Dew. It'll be three <laughs> days of crazy. And then I'll just die. Yeah, It'll be like, you know, when you spin a top and it's just like this, and then all of a sudden it just falls flat dead. That'll be me.
2: That's you. On Mountain Dew. Never Mountain Coast, Mountain
1: Dew. It's like giving, you know, feeding a, Feeding a um gonzo or whatever his name after dark, what's his name? Gizmo, like after midnight, yeah, Gizmo, Gizmo. yeah, Yeah, Gonzo's the Muppet, no, Gizmo's the Gremlin. I know, I know, it's the same letter,
0: yeah, I know. It's hard. I I hate when I get there, like, okay, I know it's like this name, but I know that is not the right name. So
2: (laughs) now, every time I hear Gizmo, I think of what we do in the shadows because the character's name's Guillermo. But the vampires are too lazy to remember his name. Yeah. So just call him gizmo. <laughs>
0: perfect, perfect.
1: So, <laughs> so much well, stuff came out in the last couple of weeks. Jake, did yeah, you watch Wheel of Time?
0: I did. I watched the first three episodes of Wheel of Time, and, uh, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. Hey.
1: I got through. I got through one and a, one and a half episodes before I had to sleep and then move on to other things that I had to watch. But I liked it. Can I ask you one thing before we get into Nicolas Cage about this, though? Because I haven't read any of the books. Why does it take her so long to do magic? I feel like half the town is dead by the time she conjures up enough magic to kill, like, five things.
0: So in the the series, it feels weird that it takes her so long. Like, yeah, because you're right. The trolls come, and, like, everybody's dead and everything in the They're book, Trollocs, okay. or yeah, Trollocs, Trollocs. I don't know, but in the book, she doesn't want them to know that she's an Aes Sedai, so she's hiding that from them. Hmm. So they uh-huh. don't know that she can do magic until the Trollocs a- attack, and so you don't know what she can do or anything. She's just this mysterious lady that showed up in the town, yeah. Um, and so, in this, it's, it's different because she comes in and, like, basically, like land comes walking in and then she follows in and it's like oh moraine sadai oh you know and everybody knows that she's a nice sadai because she doesn't hide it but in the book she's hiding that and keeping that af- from them mm-hmm. so it makes more sense in the books but yeah in the show it's like okay why did she wait until like the town's getting destroyed and then decides okay maybe now I'll whip without some of that magic so
1: and then she destroyed that whole building yeah <laughs> i'm gonna save you guys but whoever's in that building y'all dead yeah you are
0: toast <laughs> sorry
2: yeah, you can't you can't save everybody.
1: Why yeah. not? <laughs> but, oh
0: boy. Now we're gonna I'm get boring. into the Zack Snyder type conversation, Man of Steel, and I don't I don't I don't wanna go there. Um
1: I did watch Hawkeye that comes out this week. Um and I will say one thing about it. Um there's one thing that I liked about it, and that was that it uh Shows us what happens um, when heroes fight villains in a city where there's a lot of people. It kind of shows that the part that we don't see that I feel like Disney's been doing a lot of in Mm -hmm. the in the most recent things is like there's an aftermath of all of that fighting. And yeah, you can't save save everyone. You're trying to save the bigger picture. But when that happens, other people die and they kind Mm -hmm. of show that backside of it that we don't see. I'm excited Um, for that series. I don't know if i'd get excited about it but it looks fun to me
2: of course i thought house of gucci looked fun and evidently it's terrible so
1: it's not terrible this is the thing <laughs> it's not terrible but it's i feel like a lot of the trailers lately and i would really like to do um i was going to pitch this today i would really like to do a month of movies that hoodwinked us by the trailer Ooh so Ooh. like that like the trailer made it look like one thing but then yeah. we got to the movie and it was a total other thing. So i feel like over the past like five years there's been a lot of that where you go to you see the trailer and then you go to the movie and you're like this isn't anything this is, I, and sometimes yeah. it's good and sometimes it's bad but with um gucci the trailer makes it look super, super campy. And like these characters are like the Saturday night live characters Uh of these real people. It's not that way. There are campy Uh. moments, but it's almost two different movies in one. And so there are some great moments where the acting in the movie is really fantastic, but that follows five moments that aren't. (laughs) So it's just like, it will be nominated. Mm. Um, a lot of things um but i also think it was about 45 minutes too long it's two and a half hours and it doesn't it was bloated There's just mm. bloated uh
0: yeah i feel like if we're talking about movies that hoodwinked us again we're talking about Zack snyder and batman yeah. v superman this time <laughs> oh. like that oh. made me think it was going to be a good movie and then yeah. i went well, and saw it and it was not i know i know that's how you mean I, I know that's
1: i want to call it like like catfish march or yeah. <laughs> like, like I feel like I feel like Gucci catfished me like I had hmm. an idea about what it was because the tone of the trailer and the the speed of the trailer was one way and then you get in and it's a it's a different thing. And hmm. um, so I think it'd be fun to do a month where we kind of talk about the movies that catfished us. And sometimes it awesome. can be great. And other times like you get in there and you're like, oh, this is way better than the trailer made it feel and most Mm -hmm. or you get in there and you're like well i thought this was going to be a comedy but now i'm crying you know (laughs) i don't know that
0: for that month we won't be the movies that make us we'll be movies that catfished us (laughs) is that what we're going for (laughs) we're just gonna call the the podcast out for a month we'll
2: we'll just put the little um the little triangle and put catfish up above it. yeah
0: yeah that'll be good
2: Cross out the um, lake.
0: <laughs> I, I I like the idea because there are those movies out there, and I realize that we're talking about more than just oh that mo- that trailer made the movie look really good, and then it was really just a I, I get that, but right, right. Um, I think that there's some great movies we could talk about with that. That would be a lot of fun. So, oh, man, I'm tired this month. Okay, here we go. So Nicolas Cage, Con Air is, is what we're talking Jake's about. Favorite,
2: there. Jake's favorite. Uh, Nicolas Cage film ever
0: so I I sent a message to you guys yesterday and I had said I had never seen Con Air before we're doing this episode now I knew it was a big name I knew it was a big movie that Nicolas Cage was in and we couldn't do Nicolas Cage November without talking about it and I understand that so I watched it for the first time and I sent the message and I said I will never forgive you guys for making me watch this movie but I want to explain like <laughs> the movie for me is like Fast and Furious, okay? Uh-huh. It's just a lot of cheese and it's just over-the-top uh-huh. cheese. And I get that that's intentional and I get that that's enjoyable for, for people. For me, it was just too much. I don't consider, I, I'm not lactose intolerant when it comes to cheese in movies, but I was definitely gassy at the end of this movie, for sure.
2: <laughs> that might be the funniest thing you've ever said on this podcast. So you... Well done.
1: <laughs> I'm not lactose um, intolerant to so in this the is the movie, that- but
2: I was gassy. <laughs>
1: i think that this so last week we talked about national treasure but and that one is a very um that was a very commercial movie in that Mm -hmm. um it kind of was made for everyone right it was made Mm -hmm. for a very a vast audience um it had the the outline of a movie that was going to make a lot of money it had you know it was it, it was very structured to be what it was right this movie con air i think is even more that this is the most commercial movie i think that Nicolas cage has ever made because it not only had the the hot song that was out at the moment which was really big at this time is like what what big um hot song are we gonna put in the movie where (laughs) national treasure didn't have that right um but it opens with you know this you know this big song and it closes with a big song that was really hot on the charts for radio at this at the same Mm -hmm. time not only that you have all of these big actors and actor names now i know this is a nicholas cage movie um it's supposed to be but for me it's more um it's more a movie for for the ensemble i think that it It really showed what some other people could do in this movie. And I want to talk a little bit about that. But the commercialization of this movie, I think, is a big deal because it is a Michael Bay movie. And I know a lot of people Mm -hmm. do not like the Bay. I don't Mm -hmm. mind the Bay. Um, (laughs) uh, But this is the thing about Michael Bay movies that, that you have to understand and why I think a lot of people don't like Michael Bay. Um, Is because he goes in and he takes every big moment from a movie and and instead of having the down moments, he makes them all big moments with the big Uh music in the background. Um, So if you go take everything that you love about the big moment in Top Gun, the big moment in Armageddon, the big moment, you know, in Con Air, the big Con Air is a big moment through the whole movie it all has the crescendo music even when um Buscemi is sitting at the table with the little girl and they're singing Mm -hmm. it has the coloring of the big moment and the music is coming up in the background like it's going to be something bigger than it is it just wants you to feel like it's a hero movie from beginning to end some people don't like that I think it's hilarious um and so that's what this is, that commercial movie. And I think that's why a lot of people don't like it is because there aren't any quiet moments in this movie, yeah. even when there's supposed to be a quiet moment. There's not. But come on, that car flying behind the, <laughs> the plane, that was beautiful. Somebody, beautiful. Has it, somebody has
0: it out for Corvettes in this movie. Cause that's a classic <laughs> nice looking Corvette and it's sad what happens to that. But then when they land on the strip in Las Vegas and they're paging, like the owner of the white Corvette, your car's in the way. And then it gets toast as well when they crash. <laughs> uh, so somebody doesn't like Corvettes, but.
1: <laughs> I, so the thing about Corvettes, I'll let you in on a little secret is that the body of the Corvette in those eras are very easily duplicated. So yeah. if you watch, I'm going to break something for you. I'm going to break a fourth wall. When you watch the cor- the Corvette um, convertible fall from the sky and land and the way that it breaks apart, that's the way fiberglass breaks. Oh, yeah. That is not mm. the way that metal breaks. Yeah. So they didn't ruin that car. <laughs> well, I, thank you. I,
0: <laughs> um, no, it's I, like my opinion of this movie just went up. I, and I think the other thing, because I hadn't seen it before, <laughs> this movie felt very '90s to me, and I don't very. know if that was a positive thing. Like oh, when the I'm when the suffer. agents show up from the DEA and the U.S. Marshals and those suits that they're wearing, I'm like, why were our suits so big in the late '90s? Because they were huge, like yeah. just big shoulder pads, like. Uh-huh. Pads pants.
1: Looks like he's. John Cusack looked like, okay, we have to go to this bar mitzvah, but you don't have a suit, so good on, go put your long Uncle Larry's suit on. Yes. And yes, then he uh-huh. wears the ill-fitting Uncle Larry suit the uh-huh. entire movie. And John Cusack is a nice-looking guy. And this was yes. the age that they were all good-looking. Even Steve Buscemi was young enough that he you could consider him a nice-looking guy. I'm not saying he's not, but he's a weird-looking guy, right? But he's even John Malkovich, guy. which I think – but he was still young enough that if they put him in the right light, he could be like an okay looking guy, right? He didn't he yeah. didn't quite, his eyeballs didn't pop out of his head as much <laughs> in the 90s as they do now, right? Now, I love Steve Buscemi. I I'm love Steve his Steve quietness fan. in this movie because he, um, but I also think that this movie was a big movie for John Malkovich. Oh, definitely. Um, it was supposed to be a shining light. It was supposed to be a shining light for Nicolas Cage, but I think what John did in this movie um, is he showed, because, because heading up to this movie, he had played some very, very specific roles, and what this movie did for him is it made him a leading actor in a movie where he wasn't supposed to be one um and i think he did a really great job being the character that he was in this movie he was this no nonsense i'm not cheeky because he usually he's usually like they make him the cheeky weird you know guy and he was just a force to be reckoned with in this movie and it was really i really enjoyed it and i don't think i noticed it at the time because i hadn't seen when this movie came out i hadn't seen a lot of him Mm -hmm. yet right and now I've seen a lot of John Malkovich movies and I, so I see what a different part this was for him. And I really enjoyed it a lot more watching it now.
2: We'll yeah. go back and watch like in the line of fire. Um,
0: that's very much
1: kind yeah. of the
2: same, same thing playing kind of the straight evil guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he, he, John Malkovich is really good in this film as Cyrus, the virus who Tracy is cosplaying as today for us. <laughs> Daily. I
1: got a picture of him, I like... him in my mirror.
0: <laughs> Tracy's just trying to be John I think Malcolm. One thing He's that is on my aspiration happen. board.
1: <laughs> I think one thing, one of the biggest inconsistencies of this movie that that really didn't make it for me was Nicolas Cage's accent because and oh I and I know God. you all have opinions about this. Oh my I know God. you'll let me get out my opinion and then you guys can all comment um because I'm gonna be kind of technical with it instead of just silly. I'm going to say my silly thing first one. I think what he did when he knew he was getting this role and Bruckheimer and uh, Bay said, you know what, this is this character. You're from the South, blah, blah, blah. I think he went and he like did the class of Billy Bob Thornton um, Mm -hmm. in of Mice and Mess Sling blade. (laughs) Uh, Sling blade when he was doing this accent, because it's the most sling blade I have ever seen in a non sling blade moment. It works <laughs> in sling blade. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. It. This is the thing. So he's, he's in the military and he is a, they make him out at the beginning to be a super nice guy and a super smart guy, right? He's smart. He's in the military. He's got this family. He's served his country and he comes home and he's the stand-up guy. He's acting. And then he goes to prison. He's in prison. He's learning things. And then when they get him out of prison and on the plane, he's acting like sling blade. Like, he yeah. literally is acting like he's stupid with his accent. You can have that accent and not sound like an idiot, right? Yeah. And I just not think that, that was the most inconsistent. Well, yeah. a similar accent from southern accent,
2: Yes, you could get away with
1: sound like an, And not sound like an idiot. Because I think that a lot of the time that he was using that accent and the way that he was using it, he sounded stupid and he his character wasn't stupid No, and, and so i and think that's hard. the thing that really threw me is that you are a very smart very capable very caring hero of our country and the accent that michael bay allowed you to do because he they could have said you know what Nicolas cage that's not working out for us right. it was like somebody's wearing an outfit to the prom, and everyone knows that it doesn't look good, but nobody says anything, and then everybody looks at the picture, and they're like, yeah, that was awful. Nobody <laughs> yeah. said anything to him that it was awful. Where are your friends?
0: Michael so, Bay uh, is not
1: your friend, if he allowed well, that to happen to you. You should I never do that, another movie with Michael Bay.
0: As, <laughs> as a moviegoer, I felt that for a very long time, that Michael Bay is not my friend. So
2: mm-hmm. he, he, take, <laughs> he takes the southern accent, and he dips it in some beer batter and then deep fries it and comes out with some kind of hideous
0: creation where it's his, his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what, when he's speaking and interacting with others, no, it I is,
1: feel it, like if he would, if he
0: no, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say when, when he's talking to others, it's really thick. It's really bad. But then when he's writing the letter to his daughter, then all of a sudden, it's Kevin Costner from Dances with Wolves writing uh-huh. in his journal. Like uh-huh. the, it's yeah. just gone, and he's yeah. just, and it's it's just so different. And I think that that inconsistency, like you said, Val, that's it's almost distracting. Okay, when when he's almost. writing letters back, it is distracting.
1: I think if he would have, if he would have been in the same accent when he was in prison writing the letters and talking to his friend because that accent was a little bit Southern, but not all the way. Right. Mm-hmm. But enough that we get it. But then we also know you're Nicolas Cage. You don't need to go all the way and we'll still believe you in this Michael Bay movie. That's make believe. Right. Um, Stick to that. It was so up and down. But if he would have stuck to just that, like not so Southern accent because he just wasn't good at it. I think we would have been okay. It worked in Robin Hood for Kevin Costner, right? Oh yeah. He didn't absolutely. do the accent because he know he, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And everybody just said, well, we understand it's Robin Hood. It's okay for us that he doesn't have that accent because it's a movie and it's make believe and it's fine. I know some people panned him for it. I was fine with it, but the movie no. would have been like well, 10 times better. He can do a Southern accent. If he accent. wouldn't have had that stupid accent.
2: He can do a Southern accent. I mean, Raising Arizona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cohen brothers yeah this is, just, this is just that cranked up to 11 but did anybody else get the feeling yeah. like when he was writing to his daughter did anybody have like ken burns civil war flashbacks yeah
0: yeah okay it's very similar to the kevin costner dances with wolves yes. boys. but yeah it was very kevin burns ish um My it, it, yeah daughter. But, yeah <laughs> <laughs> there, there's Not so much going
2: inside, and i don't think of you
0: There's so much going on with his character too, because that's his motivation, right? To get home and meet his daughter that he's never met. uh, And he loves very much, even though he's never met her, he's got the pink bunny and everything for her. But then when he's on the plane and has a chance to get out, he doesn't because he, he's also an army ranger and he can't leave a man behind his friend who was his friend in prison. And so.
1: Well, and he he, didn't want to leave the lady to get raped and pillaged by everybody there, which I really appreciated the gesture that he, you know wouldn't allow that to happen um and again it's these subtle things that would have been more amped up if we wouldn't have been distracted by him yes <laughs> like his <laughs> his accent like i just
0: well and yeah. there's a lot to be distracted there's by a with lot of him in this movie. movie yeah yeah like his accent is one thing that you can get distracted by uh he this is the most ripped that i think i've ever seen Nicolas cage in any oh, yeah. movie. like he oh, yeah. is built in this and that hair that hair is amazing in this movie mm-hmm. from start to finish uh which next week we're talking about
1: superman, you guys.
0: yeah oh yeah this is you watch this movie and you're like i can see why he was cast as superman because <laughs> he he looked the part in this uh which is going to be a big difference than to his hair that we're talking about next week in pig where it is not so magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that he has a portable but wind
1: movie-
0: machine. Yes. It's- <laughs> like Tracy, you need a wind machine. I've never oh, had hair, hair like, like that. that. So I don't- nah. Yeah.
1: This movie though, really, um, it shows you, if you step back and look at this and what led up to this, is this was Hollywood and him really setting him up to be this big die-hard leading character with mm-hmm, all sure. the action scenes in this movie, all of the all American boy in, um, national treasure, you know, every, every movie that he has every five years, he ends up either in Vegas or leaving Vegas. Um, he, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, heading to Vegas, leaving Vegas or whatever. Um, but like all of the action stuff when he's, you know, swinging on the ladder of, um, the fire truck, and you know, the, all of the there's at least 12 beauty shots in this mm-hmm. uh, movie where. They, they're up on his face, and he and they're saying, "This is your hero. This is your hero. This is your." They're telling the audience over and over and over, "This is your leading man. This is your hero. This is what they were trying to make him." And those are the kinds of movies that he was choosing. And then it didn't exactly go in that direction for him. And and us talking about Pig next week is very much the opposite of what he wanted to do. So it's this movie's kind of the upward crescendo. Before he heads back down the other side, um, because yep. he was really and Hollywood was really trying to make him that leading man that didn't quite look like the leading man that we mm-hmm. thought he wasn't the John Cusack, and even John Cusack isn't the you know Tom Cruise. Um, but but we all bought it. I bought it. I ate this movie up yeah. when it came out and I was younger. You know, yeah. Because accents, I, I, I didn't. It didn't bother me at all when I was stupid. <laughs> Did anybody else feel like this movie is not aged particularly
2: well?
0: Well, yeah. Like like I said, I haven't seen it. Stuff
2: in there that I was kind of troubled by.
0: Well, there there was, and like they, it, there was a lot of stereotypes in there. Like you know that mm-hmm. Colmeny, the the DEA agent that comes in, who I know from Star Trek because he was in Next Generation and Deep Space Nine as Chief O'Brien, who's like this yeah. loving, caring family man, and now he's this jerk. And this, but you know he's a jerk from the minute he comes in because he parks in the handicap spot and that is how you know okay this guy's obviously a jerk he pulls in and pulls into the handicap spot like there are a lot of stereotypes and there is a lot of stuff that is is troubling in this that you wouldn't see in a movie today but yeah, it's a product of its time but I and mean, I think- you
1: got you got chris, you got chris rock falling out of a plane
0: <laughs> D- dave chappelle
2: dave, dave
1: Ch- oh, sorry, sorry, Dave Chappelle. I'm having a morning. You're yeah, real, Dave Chappelle, it. who is this young, like you know, kid comedian, and he is falling out of a plane. <laughs> when I when I watch the movie again, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot Dave Chappelle is in this. Yeah, I don't know why I thought Chris rothwell was. I, funny. And he he's I just really watched good. Dave Chappelle's new special last week, and it's totally night and day. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: He used to be great.
0: Yeah. And, now- and, and this has showed, moments. and this showed his potential as an actor. I think because he was—I mean, he wasn't bad as a as a character actor in this. I think he did a great job right. in his, in the role that he had. And I and I agreed about the ensemble cast in this is really really strong. I mean, you've got John Cusack, you've got John Malkovich, you've got Danny Trejo. You've—I <laughs> mean, just some really good actors in some really interesting <laughs> roles. Sorry, I, yeah, I had and some I noise carrying. Yeah, in I, I think it's girl.
1: definitely it's definitely a a dated movie. You can definitely tell that it was made in the mid to you the mid nineties. Um, but I'm okay with it. There are some things that you know are I. This is the thing. I don't mind going back to movies and seeing how far we've come when it comes to social issues. Right. Mm-hmm. When you go back to this movie and you see, okay, this, these, this was a big stereotype. This was a big stereotype. This was a big stereotype. Um, and look at what they did. And in this movie it wasn't as loud as in other eighties and nineties movies That's true. Um, because you had some LGBTQ stereotypes. You had mm-hmm. a lot of racial stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also had some things that stuck out in, um, you know, like John Malkovich's character was very no nonsense when he did say the comment to Dave Chappelle about, you know, like being a, a crack addict and whatever. And he's like, were you, you know, were you serious about that? And he's like, hand me the gun. And he gives him the gun. He's like, yeah, I was serious about, it. you know, <laughs> like he mm-hmm. was the no nonsense guy. Like, I'm just here to do a job. None of these things matter to me. I don't care what color you are, what you do. I am here to get this done. But then you had moments where, you know, Donny Trejo's character is a rapist, like mm, yeah. is a rapist. And back in those times, they were making movies about serial killers and rapists that made those people the heroes, like they glorified that. And in this movie, they brought it down a notch. They basically, you know, made um, Trejo's character like... mutilated by the end of the movie because it was not okay you know even the worst killer on the plane said that he thought that rapists were the lowest of the lowest of the low when -hmm. it came to criminals Mm -hmm. you know and so for me like those little moments as a woman in a movie um and the fact that they didn't allow him to rape the female officers at the time, they didn't have a lot of female officers that were allowed to do those kinds of transform- mm-hmm. or transportations because they were female. And they thought, you know, just like in the military, that can be something that can go wrong because you've got a female there. So for me, there was little nuances that were saying, okay, we're stepping forward, even though, you know, you've got all of these other kind of comedic things happening that were that are a little bit outdated you know yeah i
2: i my so thing was say, to... yeah what's that oh
1: no go
2: ahead uh, I, I was just gonna say the thing with michael bay is there is no ounce of subtlety to this man he's like we talk about how nicholas cage you can ramp him up to 11 and you can have the crazy nicholas cage and then you can have a more subdued version there is no subdued version of Michael Bay. He is constantly at a 10 and 11 and there's just no stopping with him. And to me, he's so much cons- more concerned with the spectacle than he is with the story. And that's why I don't particularly like him as a director. Like I'm all for spectacle. I'm all for craziness. Like I, I watched Snakes on a Plane in the in the theater and-, and had a good time with it. I mean, it was... It's not a great movie, but I had fun with it. Um, but I don't know. There's just something with Michael Bay. I didn't like any of his Transformer movies. Um The Rock, I'm not a huge fan of. I don't know. He just he just hits you so hard over the head over and over and over. I feel pummeled by the time I finish watching one of his movies.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely can see that, but I can also understand. The appreciation for that and that, you know, that's what you're looking for in a movie. I don't know that anybody, like, if you are looking for that nonstop spectacle action, I don't know if there's anybody that does it better or to the same level that Michael Bay does. He makes
2: explosions pretty. I will give him that. But his editing drives me up the wall because, and I have ADHD and it's, it drives me nuts because it's like, he can't go more than two seconds without cutting. It's like give this scene a little bit of room to breathe, man. You don't have to cut every half second. It just is nuts.
0: Yeah, I, and see, yeah, I, I and I don't bring up
1: know. The yeah.
0: yeah, and a lot of people do, and that was one that we we could have talked about. Maybe that'll be next year's Nicholas Cage November we'll visit <laughs> the Rock. Well,
2: he's got over two hundred films, so we've got a long ways to go.
0: We've got a lot of episodes still so can do. and he's, in not,
2: and he's not stopping.
0: No, he's not. Uh, and and when we talk about this next week, I don't know that he should be. Like, no. he's starting to, like, he's kind of entered that. It, it's weird to me because I, you know, growing up in the 90s primarily and remembering Nicolas Cage hitting this point where he was kind of becoming this big action star uh, and seeing some of these other things. And there's other things that I remember growing up Or another thing I really liked that were just coming into the, Zeitgeist at the time. Mm-hmm. Now they're like the elder statesman of whatever it is. You know, like right, Weezer right. was one of my favorite bands in the 90s. And now they're kind of, you know, Rivers <laughs> Cuomo is like an elder statesman of alternative rock. <laughs> Foo Fighters is another example of that, where it's like, you know, they're oh. like these serious, experienced artists that are, you know, well respected in their field and and everything. Real
1: quick, you know what Tracy's going to say?
2: If you have not seen the new Foo Fighters video, check it out. Oh my yeah. gosh that song rocks anyway i love that track on um medicine at midnight but, but... if you
1: love ted lasso and oh, fighters you'll love that video yeah even yeah, they
2: even got... they even deal with an homage to caddyshack which i thought was just great
0: <laughs> so but but I, so like so Nick, but I feel like i feel like nicholas cage has kind of entered that's that stage of his life of being kind of an elder statesman in any in uh acting field you know he's getting some of these more serious parts and and things like well, that so it's knows, interesting to see that transition
2: he knows who he is and he knows what he wants to do and one of the things that i I've, I've read about him and 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 some interviews is that he feels kind of uh, we talked a little bit off the air um about the movie tick tick boom um with andrew garfield but he, he nicolas cage feels like He's only got a certain amount of time and he's really restless. And so he's like, I don't want to sit still. I don't want to waste any moment. I don't want to waste a second. And so he's like, I'm constantly working because that's my life. That's what I do. That's what I'm here for. And so um, it's, it's interesting in that regard. Cause I wonder, I, I don't know how that affects his family life or anything else, but he did what we figured out five films this year.
0: Mm-hmm. At least yeah he's, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's doing quite a bit. He's working quite a bit right now, which is which is great. So well what trying to see if we're <laughs> at time to see if we're ready. no we're anyway. No, we okay, yeah, so I I I think this is over the top. I think it's cheesy, I think it's still but it is what it is, and I think it's everything that's meant to be. Um mm-hmm. and I do think that I mean there are moments you mentioned Die Hard Val there are moments especially at the end where he does look very john McClane-ish. like he uh-huh. is looking very diehard um well, this in reminds this movie. me
2: we talked about with national treasure this is the reluctant hero right he's <laughs> he's this everyday guy who's thrown into this extraordinary circumstance because he's not your typical action hero he's not your your henry cavill that looks like he could pick up a mountain you know um he doesn't look like that kind of action hero and so I like the fact that he's kind of this non-traditional uh, cast into this role very much like John McCain or McClane not McCain <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing like, like John McCain great difference
0: who also here but actually was like in life as a you know anyway
1: Um, I think, though, like that's again, I'm going to go back to it at this time. That's what they were trying to sell him as, because all of the movies that he was doing at this time were that kind of person, because The Rock, he's not the hero that, Mm -hmm. you know, the regular hero in National Treasure. He's not the regular hero. Mm -hmm. So during this whole time, those are the movies that he was doing, because I really think that that he had a plan and those were the movies that he was choosing so that he could be, you know, this franchise movie maker, this, you know, main man, but wasn't the one that we all, you know, thought, you know, because we had like the Tom Cruises and the Brad Pitts and, you know, the, you know, again, all of that. But you have City of Angels, mm-hmm. Face Off, On Air, The Rock, um, you know, all of those movies are very similar. Um, and then he goes to Snake Eyes, which I don't even want to talk about. And then 8mm. <laughs> 8mm to me was a really interesting choice um, to do because then he goes to Gone to 60 Seconds and The Family Man, which puts him right back in where he wanted to go because 8mm, yes, it's kind of the same character, but that movie was so odd and so interesting. And some of the best oh. quotes that I can never say out loud on this show ever. <laughs> um, but I also think Conair in that it's, not everyone's favorite movie, but there are so many amazing memes and quotes that have come out of Con Air. I love this movie just because of that.
0: Because yeah, just- you should
1: have never seen this movie, but you see the memes, you see the quotes, and you know what's happening. And that is the height of pop culture, which I think was the mid-90s. That yeah. was like, they were creating this pop culture bubble of the 90s where the music, the packaging, it was all about packaging. Whereas now... Yeah, it's about marketing and stuff, but there were these formulas in the mid-90s and this packaging that was something that was in no other generation of movies before. And yeah. his his little pocket of movies all in that time was, you know, this very formulated packaging.
0: Yep. I, I. Speaking of, I think one of my favorite lines from the film, when, you know, at one point in the movie, he tells Agent Larkin, there's only two men in the world that I trust myself and you're not the other one (laughs) and at the end after everything's happened and he says agent larkin there are now three men in the world that i trust and then i love that he has to ask am i one of them obviously like why would he say that to you if you weren't one of the three men that he trusts now like that would be the stupidest thing john john cusack needs that validation One of the three now,
1: when you're wearing that suit, you kind of have to. You just feel like you're all floating around in some oversized suit. You do need to know that you're pretty, (laughs)
0: yeah. I, that, yeah. The suits are anyway, but it was that was the look at the time, and it's just weird but and even the fact that they were both like light colored suits a lot of the federal agents Mm -hmm. that we'll see in movies now are always very dark colored suits and it's anyway but in the 90s in the 80s and 90s it was all about the light colors yeah Yeah. so but but yeah there are and obviously his hair has become iconic from this film and it's (laughs) it's one that like you're you're right Val. it is instantly recognizable when you see a meme from this film when you see a, a gift from this film um like you know that it's from con air even if you've never seen the movie you're like yeah i know that that's from con air right Um, right. so it it has had a huge impact pop culture wise um like a lot of things from that time so uh, but i think this even more i mean because you look at it the rock was i think a a pretty big commercial success Mm -hmm. um and there were other you know face off was a big commercial success at the time and Mm -hmm. things like that but those movies haven't endured in the pop culture sense like this one has but I think yeah. it's just the idea of a plane full of convicts that take over the flight. And I don't know. <laughs> and the premise of the film just works for people. So I'm, I'm going to kick off the grading for this one. Okay. Like I said, I, I, it was a lot of cheese. It was a lot. And I think if I had seen this when I was younger, I would feel differently about it because I would have a ditchment to it and it wouldn't have stood out. Um, as much that it hasn't aged as well um so for me though it's it's probably in the c c plus range which is is low for me i don't typically go that low but like i get why it's fun and i get why people like it it just wasn't for me and so that's where i'm gonna grade it tracy uh
2: I'm, i'm gonna piggyback i'm gonna piggyback on what you said jake um it's it, Michael Bay, and, and and he's got his audience, and that's awesome. Um, not, it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's not mine. Um, it's it's just it's a lot. It's it's just I don't know on the technical level. If I start noticing the editing while I'm watching the film, trying to enjoy it, then there's some issues. Um, like I can go back down and rewatch a film and break it down, but when I'm trying to watch a film, I'm just trying to watch it for the story and for the characters and for um, that type of thing. And there's not a lot of characters to root for, um, that accent. It just was driving me up the wall, his daughter. And, uh, I, I, it's, it's, it's fine for what it is. Um, and I don't begrudge anybody. I have so many stupid movie guilty pleasures. I'm not going to discount anybody enjoying what they enjoy. This one for me just isn't there. So I'm, I'm going to go in the C range too. I'll, I'll just go straight C.
1: I do right think now. that this movie, when it comes to Michael Bay, is probably his most like, um, over the top in acting mm-hmm. wise. Like I expect from him, I expect because I enjoy some of the Transformer movies. I love The Rock. Um, but in those movies, there's actually some some really good acting and better writing than there is in this mm-hmm. movie. Whereas this movie is more of a pop culture success and phenomenon. Um, I do think that the acting in this movie, you know, all except for, I think John Malkovich is over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I think John Malkovich is that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, holding everything and keeping it grounded kind of thing. Um, I think the Star Trek actor, um, he, like, that was too much for me. I, yeah. at some point, just wanted to smack him and say, we get it. Like, you don't have to be, is this your first acting job? Because sometimes <laughs> subtlety can also make you a, a butthead as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think he he let everyone just be so over the top that sometimes it was distracting, um, but I do think that the action, he does edit this film like a, an action trailer. All of it's yeah. like a trailer. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 boom. Um, and I'm okay with that in this movie because I didn't expect it to be anything else, right? Um, what were you going to say, Tracy?
2: I was going to say, you know, we we only briefly talked about it, but um, the Suicide Squad, it's like James Gunn his it is unleashed like nobody's holding him back he's just doing exactly what he wants and it's all the best and the worst of him and i yeah. feel the same way this is michael bay unleashed this is all of michael yeah. bay's good stuff and bad stuff all at the same time
1: yeah i i really think he was like okay well i guess this is what they want so let's just let it go mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. He, and he didn't really keep anyone in check and the only person that kept himself in check was john malkovich yeah um and a i little do shemmy Steve Buscemi is just always Steve Buscemi though. Like in every movie that he's in, he is Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Um, but I think that um, Nicholas Cage did have some redeeming moments in the film that were later sideswiped by his accent. Um, and I think that is, that is good, good directing is to, is to really keep someone consistent mm-hmm. um, there. So I do kind of blame um uh, the the direction for that i i don't mm-hmm. really blame Nicolas cage for that um i enjoy this movie i did there was a lot of things watching it this time because i haven't seen it in in probably five or six years um that i forgot about there was a lot of things i forgot about but it is enjoyable i am i'm not giving it um a b minus i am giving it a c plus just right. because i do think that um as a Michael Bay movie, and I don't hate Michael Bay. I'm not like, oh my gosh, it's a Michael Bay movie. Let's go. Right, right. But mm. it doesn't detour me from going to a film because Michael Bay made it. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that in this film, he could have made, this could have been a better film if he would have been a better director for this film. Um, right. Because Nicholas, all of these actors are fantastic actors. Mm-hmm. And it's up to the director to pull that out of you because or to bring it back, right, you know, like right. the actor has their idea of it, and you but you've got to give them a little bit of feedback. And so I feel like if that's what they were going for to have Nicholas Cage have that accent, okay. <laughs> um, but for me, if that would have changed, this movie would have been a B plus for me. If he would have not had that accent, this would have changed the whole movie for wow, me, entire was- grade would have made it would have made it so much better for me i didn't realize um the first few times that i had seen this movie how distracting that was until (laughs) i watched rewatched it yesterday yeah because it's up there in the top five you're you're setting up a hero and i've heard people from the south we've watched Mm -hmm. movies with that you know accent some people probably think we have accents right but But he he is not a stupid character.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: they even say it like numerous times in the movies when they're trying to say not all criminals are are these animals. Why are you saying criminals are animals? They're humans, and he's th- this guy's different. He was in the military. He this was you know a situation. So they keep saying it to us over and over, and then you go to Nicolas Cage, and he sounds like an idiot. So yeah. I just, for me, I think that <laughs> we set everything up. And then if you would have just fixed the accent, it was that one little thing that was a big thing that could have made the movie totally different. And you have to recognize that as a director.
0: Mm -hmm. But I I do want to say I really appreciate at the end how out of the blue, Agent Larkin and then the other guy from the DEA are like just best friends. Because at the end, he's like, sorry about your car. He's like, I don't worry about it. But that's it. Exactly. They're fine. Like they yelled at each other the whole time, cussed each other out the whole movie, and then at the end, it's like, ah, it's fine. No hard feelings. I don't know
1: when you go when you go through something like that, and then he says the comment like, you know, maybe we should have just shot him over the, you know, yeah. the desert because they see this billions of dollars in Vegas that have all they both have to face that tomorrow morning with some board, yeah. you know. Right. So in my right. mind, I think now they they know we have to be on the same side because we're in the we're in, the we're in poop, this
2: together, you know?
1: Yeah. So for me, for me, I got, I got that moment. Cause I've been in that moment with people that I don't necessarily get along with before. And at the end of a big mess, you're like, okay, like we gotta, we gotta be on you each know, other's side. For yeah.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. There is con air from us. Uh, we would love to hear what you think about it. Make sure you leave a comment. Uh on facebook or you can tweet at us or on instagram when we post this uh you can also send us an email uh podcast at movies that make us.com um and let us know what you think about con air let us know what movies we should do next year for nicholas no- cage november if we bring it back maybe we won't bring it back because maybe it was a flop i don't know but i don't think so i think people <laughs> liked it so let us know um because next week we are going to be talking about pig and that will be the end of november for us so crazy how fast um, it's going yeah it is really crazy, uh, but yeah, you can follow us in all the places. Oh, look! I put this together, so now we can, we can do this. Hold on, hold on. Ooh. Jake's about to
2: get technical. Ooh. Oh, look! You can follow us on
0: Twitter at Movies Make Us. Uh, so make sure you go to Twitter and uh, follow us there. You can also follow us on Instagram at Movies That Make Us, and of course, of course, we would really love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, YouTube dot com slash movies that make us so um follow us in all the places we'd love to hear from you and uh until next time we won't see you at the movies bye Bye.
1: this has been a stolen droids media production